Easy Peeper Deeps and welcome to another episode of the Feeling Fine Podcast and I am your host Pete Fine or Pete Fine. <laughs> Some of you might be wondering why I say Pete Fine or Pete Fine. Well actually it's because <coughs> excuse me I, uh, as an artist in the club dance and rave scene, as I used to be, uh, I used to go by the name of P. Fine. And Pete Fine is basically the name that I use as uh, on my social media. So, um, yes, some of you might know me as P-Fine, some of you might know me as Pete Fine, but it's the same fine. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Feeling Fine podcast. And we are up to uh, episode nine episode nine of this Sunday session and uh, you know if you haven't seen it or listened to it because it's also available as video format on my Instagram page which is uh, at p fine no at underscore p dot fine uh, so yes if you want to follow me on Instagram you can find Many of the video uploads uh, of my Fine on Friday podcast, I do the whole upload on my Instagram. Uh, but yes, as I was saying, thank you if you listen to the Feeling Fire podcast on Friday. And this uh, episode, let's get straight into it, uh, as a kind of continuation from last weekend, which was Raising Consciousness. This episode I have entitled Here and Now. I did mention Here and Now briefly on my Fine on Friday podcast. And it is, in truth, the only time and the only place, the only time is now, the only place is here. Yesterday and tomorrow are basically elements, if you like, of imagination. So, yesterday you could say, is a former now. It was a now, but it's no longer a now. It's no longer now. It's what we call it past. So in order to reflect on yesterday, we are literally delving into the past. So it is no, no longer an existence. It is no longer an existential reality. The past is no longer an existential reality. And the future, the future has never been an existential, existential reality and never will be 
you know, we can, we can speak about tomorrow. We can speak about tomorrow, we can speak about next week, next month, next year, or whatever. We can speak about all of these things, but we can never know what is going to happen. Not even, not even five minutes from now. We can never truly know what's in store, what's going to happen uh, in the future. We can try and predict and speculate and hope for, uh, 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 for what's going to happen tomorrow. And, and by all accounts, if you are speculating, wishing and hoping, then the chances are you're going to speculate, wish and hope for a better tomorrow. But it's, it's non-existent and it's never going to be an existence tomorrow. Yesterday had its time as an existential reality and now in the present moment, yesterday remains as a memory. There's uh, a line that I remember reading from somewhere. I don't truly remember, or I'll rephrase that, I don't know exactly who coined the phrase. It might have been Buddha. It might have been associated to Buddha, with Buddha. But basically what he says is, if you are depressive, then you are dwelling on the past. And if you are anxious, then you are dwelling on the future. And essentially what both of these means is that, that there is not enough presence in your experience of reality. So when we speak about presence and the present moment, the present moment is now, but then presence, presence is the quality of your state of consciousness. So if you have more presence in your state of consciousness then in you know in your conscious kind of awareness then basically this means that you are more alert you are more we could see we could even say alive you are more present if there is more presence in your state of consciousness. So it's like a quality of your consciousness. A lack of presence means basically that your consciousness is absent from the present moment. So, uh, you know, touching on what we spoke about last, last week, consciousness being or meaning how your awareness or, or the, the quality of your awareness in this in the present moment and you know our humanity 
as you know as human beings our state of consciousness is greatly entangled in our physical experience of reality so with this being the case it's more of uh, uh, or to some extent it can be more of a challenge to to raise our consciousness in this way but there are still tools if you like and devices that can help us do so mindfulness for uh, for one mindfulness is a prime example of how you can raise your conscious awareness in the present moment and you know mindfulness basically is is simply a device that kind of guides you to becoming more aware of your physical experiences in the here and now in this time and place so this might mean you become more aware of uh, the feelings that your your body's going through it might mean that you become more aware of the thoughts that go through your mind it might mean that you become more aware of the sounds that are happening around you or anything that's happening around you it might be that you are more aware of the conversations that you are having or the people in your in your presence so these are kind of like the 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 ways that mindfulness can help you to become more present and in the present moment another practice is meditation and with meditation uh, again this is a, pro a a process of becoming more aware becoming more aware of 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 your mind of becoming uh, more observant of your mind and also you know learning to pay attention to how your mind functions the way that your mind and your body basically uh, interact with each other so this is uh, basically what uh, meditation what we can learn through meditation and the whole process of meditation is to fine-tune your mind so that it's not so distracted so in a way mindfulness both mindfulness and meditation they are sort of very similar practices uh, to some extent but uh, either way they are both methods that can allow us to become more present so what does it mean to be more present and how can you not be more present the uh, the 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 simple fact is that we are generally human beings are generally a lot less present because we are distracted by the content of our minds 
So the mind being like the storage device of the past and the, the creation device of uh, a perceived future. So with the mind, we can, we can use the mind to imagine what could potentially happen in the future. And this is what leads to anxiety. This is what leads us to become more anxious. Uh, With regards to depression, if we dwell on past experiences and and things that have passed uh, in our experience of reality, if we spend an excessive amount of time dwelling on the past, then this can become burdensome, burdensome. And uh, uh, in the guise of depression. So it might be that you had past experiences where you did certain things that brought about tremendous amounts of pleasure in your life. And now you are not doing these things. So the thoughts of, the thought of, you know, containing the thought of not doing these things and dwelling on this thought that you are no longer doing these things can lead to bouts of extreme sadness, which in turn feeds the depressive cycle. So any time that we are wishing things were different than they are now, and this is based on how things used to be, then this in effect is uh, too much past and not enough presence. Now, we have been educated in a sense to, to hold on to the idea and to, to believe the idea that our memories make us who we are. And our memories are a, a, a fundamental aspect of, of, of what it is to be human. So this basically means that if you have a life experience that is limited on how many physical experiences that you've had, if your life is like this and you look at your life as if to say, well, I haven't had many holidays, I haven't done much of this, I haven't done much of that and so on and so forth, then this kind of mindset is quite depressive because and, and, and it contains a belief that you have to do and have and be a certain way to create certain memories which makes you who you are. So it's a big thing as, you know, in humanity, it's a big thing to share memories and to constantly remember how things were Uh, and and in this remembrance we are basically attached to the identification of the person that went through these past experiences so this means that whenever we call to mind our past memories and, and memories from the past these memories contain an identification which is basically ourselves 
identifying with the past. And with this identification, because there is an identification, it means that the past is a lot harder to get away from. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our past is a lot harder to get away from because we're identified by it. So in this respect, it means that because there is an identification, we are constantly going to try to contain these memories and these experiences. In reality, we don't, you know, when it comes to memories, we actually remember very little of the past. There's only really a few experiences, a, a small handful of experiences that we actually do remember. You know, I um, coming through the, the rave scene as I did as an MC and so on, I used to party a lot. I was always out clubbing and partying every weekend. And uh, to the extreme, <laughs> I might add, to the extreme. And as I started to get older, if you like, and sort of lose the interest in all this clubbing and partying and again once I started to question what I knew who I was and so on I started to realize that what I used to think of as being happiness and me being happy in the past wasn't uh, actually true for me uh, and the reality was that I was actually trying to make something true that basically wasn't. You know, I knew or I realised that I could, I spent a lot of time going out every weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, basically, for the whole weekend. I would be out partying and stuff. Uh, uh, which, you know, looking back, it led me to think, or rather I was of the mindset that I was enjoying myself, I was kind of living the life. But it weren't until I started to really reflect and started to look at my experience of life as it was then from a much deeper sort of perspective. And... By this, what I mean is, if you are truly happy, and if whatever you do makes you truly happy, then you're always going to be happy. If you are truly happy, then you are always going to be happy. But what I noticed for me was... While I was out and about and I'm with all my friends and we're going to, from this club to the next and so on, I really started to notice that, yes, in those moments, I would feel or I would believe that I was happy, I was content and I was having the life of, uh, of Riley, whoever Riley is. <laughs> um, but then it weren't until I really started to reflect and I really started to look back on these past experiences to see uh, 
that actually I wasn't that happy at all. And, you know, you might even say that I was depressed. I've never, you know, I've never been to a doctor to have him tell me that I'm depressed. But I always have been able to look at my uh, behaviours and so on. And uh, with a view of trying to understand them myself. So rather than let somebody tell me what my reality is and, and, and so on, I would rather, okay, I could accept somebody's trying to point me in a certain direction or whatever, but I would rather try to understand things for myself. So I would never go to the doctor and tell them that I was depressed. But then when I started to reflect and I started to look back, then I started to see that actually while I was partying and clubbing and associating with my friends and so on and so on, I was happy, I was, joy I was joyful and full of laughter, you know, with a pleasurable experience and so on. But then when I came home and I went home, and at the time I was living on my own, so then I would go home and it was my experience of reality when I was at home on my own that really showed me whether I was happy or, or not. Because then I would see from, you know, in sort of retrospect, then I would see that in actual fact, when I was on my own, I wasn't that happy at all. I was quite down and looking forward to the weekend to come around again, looking forward to being able to go out with my friends and do what we used to do. I was looking forward to this kind of lifestyle uh, when I was on my own. Any time that I was around people and I would work with people and so on, everything changed. So it's... It, I. In a nutshell, I needed people around me to kind of feed and support my happiness, which isn't happiness at all. It's like bondage. It's like slavery. You know, you're being a slave to circumstance. So you need circumstances to be a certain way in order for you to be happy. But this is something that I only realised when I kind of started to meditate and sit down and, and give myself some space, I started to then see that this was the reality. I wasn't that happy when I believed that I was. In actual fact, it was a complete opposite way round. Uh, and I was using the music and so on as a crutch. So... This was my experience of, you know, looking back. This was my experience. And, you know, that <clears throat> whole experience as equated to, uh, you know, today's topic being the here and now. It's, for me then, I wasn't present my uh, consciousness wasn't in the present moment. It was 
kind of embroiled in the memory of past, of the past experience. And every week or every day or whatever, I was constantly, constantly trying to relive the past experience or, or my past experience. I was constantly trying to bring it back into the present. Hence the need to keep going out every weekend, partying and clubbing. I needed to keep doing these things to distract me and, you know, to distract me from uh, the, the kind of depressive mindset. I realised that the thing is with mental health issues, that we, as we call them, things like depression and anxiety and so on, you know, we can, you know, when we look at them from this viewpoint that they are the result of a lack of presence, it means that there's a potential to be able to do something about it. But then we can also fall into the trap of thinking that In order to get over things, you know, one thing that I see a lot of is uh, about doing the things that you love and, and so on and so forth, you know, to bring yourself out of, of these depressive feelings and, and states of mind and so on. Do the things that you love. But then, in reality, nobody can, nobody can spend their whole day doing the things that they love. You know, let's say you love, uh, um, I don't know, something extreme, parachute jumping. Let's say you love to parachute jump. And, or you love anything, there's anything that you love to do, it's one of these adrenaline-fueled things, that, you know, that kicks up your adrenaline and, and you get a buzz from it and so on. Let's say, uh, so this idea of doing the things that you love to, to pull yourself out of depression. So let's say now the feeling, the feeling that you get from doing something like this, from doing something that you love. Let's say that that feeling was yours forever. So every day from the moment that you woke up until the moment that you went back to sleep, Let's say that the feeling that you get was with you for the whole time, for the whole duration. So from the moment you wake up till the moment you go to sleep, you are, you are experiencing the feeling that you, are, that you would get from doing one of these extreme activities that you love to do. It's not going to be long before this feeling is going to feel like one hell of a burden. <laughs> it's not going to be long before you really don't want this feeling anymore. You just want it to stop. And this is the thing with chasing pleasures. You know, we are constantly chasing pleasures because we are trying constantly to escape the present moment. We are constantly trying to escape the present moment. And, you know, one of the reasons, or rather the reason why we are constantly trying to escape the present moment 
is because we don't truly understand it. You know, we are... Uh, we are constantly thinking about the things that we would like to do. So, okay, it's, 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 it's fair to say that everything that we do is in the present moment. Everything that we do is now. But a lot of the time while we are doing these things now, our minds are not here in the now. Our minds are elsewhere. So if it is something extreme, like some kind of extreme activity, our minds are probably more uh, present or rather, it's, it's much more likely that our minds are more present when we are doing, pursuing some extreme sports or activity. Because if you are, or if you allow yourself to be distracted by the mind, then that's when you might end up, end up injuring yourself. But in general, we're always trying to escape the present moment because we don't truly understand it. And, you know, I may well have mentioned this in a previous video, the present moment, is it's like the stylus on a turntable, on a record player as it's playing. The moment that the stylus strikes a new note or plays a new sound, that's the present moment. The stylus kind of represents the present moment. And everything that it plays it comes from the future, it strikes in the present moment, and then it ends up in the past, it's gone. So it's that infinite flash that comes and goes. And in that infinite, that sort of flash, it's, it's almost immediately, it becomes a memory. It, it immediately becomes a memory. So the moment that you speak about the present moment, you are only speaking about um, you are only speaking about your memory of the present moment. The moment that you speak about something that's happened, it's a memory. You can't speak about something that is happening. You can only speak about something that has happened. And you know, I know that okay, it might be something that's going on over a duration of time, but. Uh, in this respect, obviously, if it's going on over the over a duration of time, then some of that sort of experience has already passed. But the moment that we commit it to um, to speech, the moment that we turn to speak about it, then the present moment is no longer the present. It is now the past. So we can look at things that happened in the past and... Uh, and we can allow our conscious awareness to dwell on these, on this mindset, this mental sort of picture, this image of yesterday, of the past. And in this experience, if it's a, a sad experience from the past, if it's a happy experience, then either way, we are not in the present, we are not fully engaged in the present moment. And when we're not fully engaged in the present moment, we are also susceptible, more susceptible to uh, uh, illnesses and ailments. Because while our minds continue to wander and we continue to 
get hooked by them. What's, what this process is, is kind of causing to happen is we are allowing the, the emotions and the feelings from the past experience to replay and to re-manifest themselves in our physical bodies uh, in the present moment. So within us, while this process is going on, we are constantly creating uh, like, it's like we're walking chemical factories. So, you know, we have all these hormones, happy hormones, sad hormones, and so on. The body is always um, sort of producing all of these kind of uh, hormones, if you like, and chemicals or whatever within the body to change the mood. And, you know, all of these things that change the mood of the body. So once we have the mind and the image, the mental image, whether it's past or future, once this, this occurs... And we can only mentally imagine the past or the future. You can't imagine the present moment. So once we've had these mental images, uh, the mind then, uh, you know, our emotions and, and the chemicals in our body. So the, the, this is like the, the, uh, the connection between the mind and the body is we have this image in the mind and this image stimulates all of the, 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 the chemicals that, that our bodies produce and the hormones and so on to produce the feelings that are associated with those thoughts, with the past and with the future. So this is what brings about the depression and this is what brings about the anxiety is first we have the thought, then we have the feeling. Uh, but then... Where things become more entangled and, and more kind of complex is once we've had the feeling, then the thought comes back in to question the feeling. So now we have completely dismissed or we are completely unconscious to the fact that it is thought that initially brought about the feeling, but now... Thinking is trying to analyze the feeling without true awareness. So when there is the absence of awareness, then we start to get anxious. Then we start to get depressed. Then we start to experience all of these things. And it is purely because we, there is a lack of presence. So... You know, these are things that I see we should all be questioning and looking at for ourselves. We should all be taking the time out to really go deep and question these things. And it's like, you know, we have all reached this stage of being educated and learned. So we all have a certain amount of intellect. To be able to be able to question things, and what what we can do with this intellect is use this intellect to go deeper into ourselves. So we use the intellect to kind of examine 
what we know. So it's almost like using the intellect to examine the intellect. And this is what we have as a, this is our possibility. We can do this. We can turn the intellect round in this way. Uh, and uh, so in this fashion, it's like this is this is like the the true use of our intelligence. As we are right now, we give more emphasis to our intellect than our intelligence. If we can reach this point of using our intellect and turning the intellect onto itself, so questioning the intellect, questioning the mind, questioning the knowledge and questioning the experience, questioning the feelings, questioning everything that goes on within us in this way, then this is like an, an, a more intelligent use of the intellect. So we are educated in a certain way. And in this education, we are, our intellect is fueled. But then if we can step away from the idea that we must believe this and believe that and and follow these structures of belief and so on, and start to really question things for ourselves, then effectively what we are doing is we are turning our intellect around and, and using it to, de to develop a deeper, deeper understanding. That's as far as I'm going to go this week. And again, I would just like to point out, as I haven't said to, uh, so far today, I'm not trying to share a belief system. These are just my observations. These are just what I refer to as observations. And I, I also see that we all have a responsibility to, to look deeper in this way. It's, uh, and I say a responsibility, but that doesn't mean that you must. You have the choice, but this is, in truth, it's our responsibility to be able to do this. And it's, it's what I see and how I see that through acting in this way, we can truly see and seek our true liberation and our true freedom, what it truly means to be free. So... Thank you for listening. Wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining me for this Feeling Fine podcast. And don't forget to tune in next Friday. Next Friday for the Fine on Friday podcast. And until then, I will catch you later. Peace. <laughs>